isn't it normal to have sort of an elevated feeling when you go to the store and buy something? Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Having a tough day, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I'm spending money with that emotion underneath it. When you're broke, go and get a loan. Take out another mortgage on your home. Consolidate so you can afford to go and spend some more when you get bored. All we ever want is more. I love more than we had before. So take me to the nearest shore. Can you hear the rain? It makes you wanna sing. It's such a beautiful thing. It's The hard reality, according to the Federal Reserve, is that the average American household already owes a little over $7,000 on their credit cards. How about you? Now, maybe you're thinking, debt isn't so bad. I, I can pay it off. Actually buying things, perhaps, on a daily basis. Or if you use shopping as an escape from boredom, maybe sadness or anger or stress. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of The Center, A Place of Hope. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Maybe your spending is no longer controlling your pain. Maybe it's controlling you. Sam Kelly is in the studio with me today. I'm glad you're talking about this. You know, I I think we always start off with the best intentions of how we're going to approach buying and sales. And it does tend to get a little out of hand, even if you're really working on it. You know, if you're using shopping as an escape, as I said, from boredom or sadness, and at first we may not see this, or anger, maybe stress, you may be struggling with compulsive shopping disorder. Maybe you live with somebody like this, and we want to talk talk about that situation. No kidding. Let me tell you about the self-proclaimed recovered shopaholic. Her name, Mary Hunt. She says this, I grew up in a very frugal family. And I didn't have the means to shop for things that weren't needs. So as a child, I always dreamed I was going to be rich one day and be able to spend money freely. But when Mary left home to go to college, at that time she experienced her first taste of what she thought was freedom. She opened a checking account and discovered a way that she could spend money she didn't have by writing checks. In the interview, she says, I suppose deep down I knew it wasn't right. But it was exhilarating and satisfying. It gave me a high, a buzz. and It's a feeling that I could get away with anything. Now, that sounds like an addict response, doesn't it? Well, Mary wanted this fantasy life. She felt important when, you know, the salespeople, of course, at Nordstrom, seemed to admire her wonderful lifestyle. And so to continue the illusion... Later, after she married and had access to different credit cards, a whole new level of spending became possible. From time to time, Mary would recognize how her spending was negatively affecting the family. But still, she wasn't ready to stop. The pain and the shame and the guilt she felt from destroying the trust in her relationships wasn't greater than that pull, that shopping fantasy. Mary says, I love my credit cards. They were the tools that allowed me to be the person I couldn't be growing up. 
Finally, after 12 years and now with more than 100000 in unsecured debt, Mary hit the bottom. She blamed her husband for not being able to afford her spending, and she became a liar and a manipulator. And in her own words, her shopping addiction had turned her into an ugly person. The good news for Mary was that once she was able to admit to herself that she had this shopping addiction, she was able to start taking steps towards healing. Mary says, I realize that who I am isn't measured by what I have or what I can buy. And it took her 13 years. She was able to pay back all of her debt in full. Today, Mary has control over her spending, and she is the founder of Debt Proof Living, where she helps others find their way to financial freedom. Are there any things in Mary's story that maybe hits a chord with you? Are your relationships falling apart? Do you use shopping to feel good about yourself? Do you hide your purchases and lie about how much you're spending? Are those credit cards, that plastic, is it, is it nearly maxed out or maxed out? Time to stop hiding. And let's get back on track today for something called debt-free living. If you're a person who's kind of addiction prone, maybe there's been some struggle with some addictions in your life and sometimes we trade addictions around and it's easy to slide into money. Maybe it was alcohol or maybe it was something before, but, and you go, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore, but I've got to look at all areas of my life. And this is one of the areas that we need to look at and to see, have I stepped over a line and compulsive means there's a drive. I may regret doing it, but I'm compelled to do it. Here's some of the dangers that we need to look for. Number one, are you spending money when you feel angry or frustrated? Having a tough day, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I'm spending money with that emotion underneath it. That'll lead to universally regretful spending. You're going to get home and you're going to be even more angry ultimately with yourself. There will be remorse. Related to this could be that I'm spending money out of, I'm feeling depressed, using spending to raise my mood. And raising my mood by spending is a temporary fix. I do feel a little better. And then the remorse. It's interesting you're talking about the emotions. I mean, isn't it normal to have sort of an elevated feeling when you go to the store and buy something? If I'm especially prone and I, I make excuses because I'm a good deal shopper, but then I can use that to justify my behavior. I bought a lot or I overbought because, quote, a good deal. And it wasn't really purchased because it was a good deal as much as what were the emotions behind it. One thing you can do today as we enter into this week is to look at, am I willing to keep a little journal? I want you to write it down. Time of day what I spent, what I bought, and then there's one more we got to add on that. What was the emotion I felt when I bought this? At the end of the week, I want you to add up amount spent, take a look and go, oh, I was angry, angry, angry. Wow. You know, I want to see what is the emotional theme. And this is a real good time to do it. For some of us, even going, oh, make an agreement, I'm going to write it down, can really begin to interrupt that pattern. Well, it's interesting because I almost 
you know, you might even feel a rebellion just at the idea of writing it down. Oh, I know. I don't want to write it down. I don't need to write it down. Rebellion. Yes. Accountability sneaks in there. Oh, really? For all of us, this can be a very good exercise for all of us just to do a little checkpoint. Have you found yourself with a spouse or a loved one where there may be some argument around spending habits? When you come home with something, are you coming home and justifying? So nothing's said. You're going to go ahead and say, oh, I got all this. This is such a great deal. Now, what if you do, if you're the spouse, your mate is coming home and you kind of have the feeling they're overspending or you know for sure and it's just a habit and you love them and you want to love them and not be mean, but how do you approach it if it's someone else who's really struggling? Would you say, hey, it's time for you to write a journal? <laughs> well, <laughs> here's one. Out. I'm going to give you a couple things to avoid. Okay. Avoid name calling and avoid asking why. Why did you buy this? Because that's going to put an immediate response of justifying our behavior. I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to want to justify my behavior. Be careful about the why. And, and it's okay inside to wonder why in the world, what is going on? That's fine. But I want you to also look at ways to reach them emotionally. It's okay to say, I, I'm concerned. How are you doing? How do you feel about what you just bought as the purchases are <laughs> spread out all over? Listen to them. Are they justifying behavior or have they reached a point going, I don't know why I'm doing this, where you begin to break the defenses? Because really, we want to help. We want to look inside and go, okay, what's going on? And if we have a person that has such strong defenses, then we need to realize, okay, they're probably not going to admit it all to me or this is going to be difficult because the defenses are so strong. And that's oftentimes the case with when we're around loved ones. So maybe it's not the right time? We need a little bit of time to pass after a purchase because we enter sometimes the remorse part, and that's generally a better time to talk to a person about Hmm. some of this. How long does that last? Well, I think the remorse so often follows the next day. You know, when they're feeling not feeling so good about it all, it's a good time to talk about it. Overspending hurts far more than your credit. If you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Greg Jantz from aplaceofhope.com. Today, on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about shopping addictions and how to get free of them. We almost treat this as though it's normal. We'll say, well, that person's just a shopaholic. That's the way he or she is. Right. And I was sharing the story about Mary and, you know, going into Nordstrom's. and, And there's a sense when people show you that attention, there's a part of this that can be an addictive lure because it can make us feel good. Yeah, you feel important. You feel important. Or if you're feeling insecure, that's what I wanted to ask you too, is if you go through your, so you're saying keep a journal of what you buy, what it costs, the time that you did it in your emotion, and then at the end of the week, you're looking at all of those things and especially emotions. What if you have a pattern? Is there a different strategy that you would do to treat, say mostly you shop in anger or you shop in insecurity or you shop in depression? Would you do different things to treat that, or do you do the same thing for each one? Part of it's going to depend on, I I see a person who's a shopaholic as a person who's probably been injured, they're hurt, they're self-medicating. Right. So what's the pain? What's the source of pain? And what do we need to do? What is the void that's being filled? And remember, I, I say write down the time of day. We want to look for patterns with this. 
And Sam, one pattern could be a person that their time of day is always around a mealtime. They're hungry while they're shopping. Really? So it's a physical and so, need. Uh, or, you know, it's only certain days. So we need to look for these patterns. We can do this for ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. I want you to also look at the emotion of anxiety and anxiousness. Is there an anxiety that I am trying to self-medicate by shopping? There are some practical things, of course. Okay, uh, if I'm going to go out shopping, maybe this year I should just bring cash with me. <laughs> yeah, really bring real money with you. And I'm going to leave credit cards or debit cards behind. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt the cycle. I'm going to do some different things. That's smart, actually, because it seems much more real if you're counting out one dollar, two dollars, twenty dollars. I believe it's going to feel different. Yikes! Yeah. Yes, we have a text question. We just got in. It uh, it says, "Is it a problem if I buy something that I know I don't need now, but it's such a good deal I don't want to pass it up? I'm not normally an impulse shopper." Just trying to take advantage of this moment. Is that a problem? It could be a problem. How often am I doing this? Is this a pattern for me? Do I use this justification every month? Or truly, I did this, and if we looked at the last six months, we wouldn't have seen this pattern at all. I would say that's probably not a problem. So you're looking at frequency. Shopping and you, what's the relationship? There's one more we need to talk about, Sam. Oh, there's many, but there's buying out of guilt. I'm motivated to make a person happy by a gift and I will overspend and it's really out of guilt or I am trying to win their love or approval. Right. And it's hard. I mean, what do you do? Because there are some people you do have to buy things for or do something for. You know, I mean, if you go to someone's house, you should bring something. What do you do? I mean, you've got to do something. You're just saying you're not overdoing it. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, there are times where we need to maybe do a non-money gift for somebody. Like what? I mean, there are some that can make something. I had a person who wrote an incredible letter of gratitude and appreciation, spent a little bit of money to, to have it like framed or laminated, but made a, something very, very special that talked about the gratitude that they had for this person in their life. I don't think money could have bought that gift. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's another question that I have, too, because I think our lives in America and family life is very busy. And so we don't have a lot of time. Sometimes I'll spend more money than I need to because I definitely don't have the time to make a special thing that I wish I did have the time to do. You know, so there is a guilt attached to it and a feeling like I can't give you this special thing. So I'm going to spend more money and get you something that's more expensive. You know, when I look at this. And this is really good for all of us to look at this. Even you go, no, it's not a problem. But if we look at this and go, what's the motivation for my spending? Am I trying to overplease? Am I attempting to buy love? Am I overextending because of a desire to win approval? Make a note of those. Those are some yeah, things these are to great, look at. Great questions. Yes. You know, you may have a family member that is an overspender. And here's something else to look for. You already know that they're going to get you what you want plus more. Right. Watch for that. We can misuse a relationship. I had a grandmother who was that way. I knew no matter what I would say or want, she would do that and more. And there's a danger in that. Why? There's a danger of misusing that relationship uh, for what you can get. And I think that there's a time where we teach appropriate boundaries around that, appropriate Mm -hmm. emotional boundaries, don't misuse a relationship. 
Right. And a, a great lesson for kids. You know, it is. Another text question right. says, I feel like some of my spending is just keeping up with the Joneses. How can I break this cycle and be satisfied with what I have? Oh, that was on my list. Comparisons. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Comparisons will get you in a lot of trouble. I can compare and go, okay, they have it. I get to have it too. You're probably buying out of anger. I'm getting this because, well, I deserve it too. Part of the danger is you're going to keep comparing and keep spending. I'm just certain that you're not going to have whatever it is you're buying. It's not going to come with the joy. Hmm. It's all right if we don't all have the same stuff. Boy, talk about self-examination, doing a checkup from the neck up today, aren't we? Because, <laughs> you know, the first thing we have to admit, there's a problem. You know, I've talked about the journal, but what about making a list, putting down on that list the things that you have agreed with yourself you're going to buy? Now, going into some stores, this can be a little challenging because some things are, you were going to get two and it's packaged in 12s and, mm-hmm. then we, and then we justify it. Yes. And this can make it tricky. Certain warehouse stores, people are just absolutely prone to overspend. Well, it's interesting. When you walk in the door, it's almost like you feel like you're at Disneyland. You know, there's this rush of, and you can just, the excitement of seeing what's new and what's there. I've heard friends describe that. And and I think that marketers know this and things are laid out in a certain way just to get that sort of competitive, I better get this now feeling going. How do you beat that if you're going into a big box and you're going to walk down these aisles? How do you prepare your mind but with the list i'm going to keep that right in front of me okay. i'm going to make okay i'm going to make an agreement with myself before i even enter the store if i feel like i can't do it alone have somebody with you you may need an accountability person for a while so you're not going to buy 12 of them even if they're a great deal because you don't need 12 of them do you make a list that says i'm only going to buy it, three or whatever yes and and for some people i may even need to go to a different type of store because i'm strengthening some muscles here Gotcha. I'm looking at things differently. I may need to do this different. What I was wondering about is is in a marriage relationship. Yeah. Sometimes we need to recognize that this can get so far out of control that we need to have some help. You know, we may have talked to our spouse or a loved one or a daughter numerous times and the pattern is there. And for whatever reason, they're not really listening to us. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not changing that pattern. And maybe we've really entered into that it's taken on the flair of an addiction. Mm-hmm. So that, that in mind... There's a time where we've got to go, okay, this has been going on for a while. This person needs another level of help. What does that look like? Well, it may be I I need to get them to a counselor. It may need to look at what is behind this. Until we get to the core and the roots of some of our behaviors, have you noticed we just continue them? Or sometimes we shift them into another behavior. I call it the dance of addictions. You, you dance, okay, I'm clean in this area, but then I start a, new, a yeah. new dance. Yeah, it's coming out somewhere else. Let's get to the root issue. This is why I so believe the whole person Good. is you've got to get in there, pray for discernment. But we've got to get in and, and literally it's, it's a type of heart surgery. Wow. And this is what I like about the center that you founded is that that's what you guys do, the whole person approach. Do you find that, that once someone is able to deal with the core issue from a whole person approach that all of those addictions stop sticking out all over the place and popping up in other areas? Yes, we get to the core issue. It lowers the need to act out undesirable behavior. And so look at the ways, how am I self-medicating in my life? Maybe today you go, well, it's not the spending, but how are you doing or what are you doing? Right. And back to your question on marriage. Yeah. 
we want to always make sure that we are keeping an open dialogue around thorny issues. This is one that maybe you just get so angry, the person hasn't changed, and they just keep doing what they're doing. And then here's the danger. You may go, okay, well, she's just spending, and or he is. And so then it, you use that to justify something else. Well, she's doing this, so I'm going to do this. Watch how you're using another person's behavior for you to perform an unacceptable behavior or an unhealthy behavior. Wow, that's good. That's particularly true in marriage. And watch for blame. That will not change a behavior. It will drive the behavior deeper and more secretive. So you're going in with love. Yes. And, you know, if you say, you always spend, every time you go to the store, you buy too much, you're always overspending. Have you noticed it didn't change their behavior? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, your frustration and anger justified. Don't deny that. But you probably have noticed this isn't working. You may do better to say, sweetheart, I'm noticing you bought a lot here. Can you tell me what's going on? Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about overspending, how to stop this compulsive behavior and restore self-control. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of The Center, a place of hope. Having clothes in your closet that have tags on that you've never worn, they're the wrong size, but you just thought, maybe someday I'll be a size four, let let, let me buy this. Do you know what I'm saying? That where you have stuff that's that's never even been worn, it's in your closet. Yes, and it represents something. What does it represent? (laughs) It could be a number of things. Okay. I could be a, a hoarder too. I could be a person that's hoarding certain things, or I bought that dress because I'm going to fit into that at some point. Yeah. It's hopeful thinking. It's motivation, right? Well, unless it's been sitting there for quite some time. <laughs> but I usually have a justification for why I've done each one mm-hmm. or each purchase. And the tags on the clothing, typically we'll see that with hoarding. If you purchase something you're really going to use, we usually take off the tags. Right. We have worked with people who have taken things back. You know, The tags are on, they take it back, and then they turn around that same shopping trip. And rebuy. You know, maybe it's rebuy other things, but they're just rebuying. Is the thrill that people get from doing that, is that similar to what you get from uh, gambling or, you know, where you're doing something that gives you an adrenaline hit? Is that the physical thing that happens, the mental thing? It is. It is a mental and emotional. You know, a shopaholic, anytime we enter into compulsive behavior, compulsive behavior over time alters the brain chemistry. That's why the gambling brain... And the brain of the cocaine addict, when we look at them, they have the same areas of the brain highlighted. Really? Which is a pathological gambler and a cocaine brain look similar. So compulsive behavior over time alters brain chemistries and really, in essence, creates a depressed brain, a brain that looks to be re-stimulated. So shopping's a way of stimulating. What are some things you can do that are positive that'll light the brain up like that, but aren't illegal or, or um, bad for your bank account. Sam, you're going to love this. Okay. Exercise is one. Nice. I do love that, actually. <laughs> and this is another thing you can do. I feel like spending or acting out or running towards food, and I'm going to any kind of binge-type behavior. Remember the deal. Wait 15 minutes. Make an agreement. During that 15 minutes, I want you to engage in a physical activity. If you're in your car and you're driving to the mall, I know it sounds silly, Stop. Get out. You're going to walk briskly for 15 minutes. I love this. <laughs> so it's it so doesn't good. matter if it's raining. Get out. Okay. Inter- interrupt the pattern. Okay. 
That's fierce. I love it. And what I love about your advice and, and how you share is that it's all so practical. It's stuff we can do today. It's stuff we can do this season. And I also, I have to mention a, a really great resource for you. If, as you've been listening, you've been thinking, oh, I know some of this is me and I'm not exactly sure what I want to do with that. Start in a place that's really safe. It's it's your website at placeofhope.com. Yes. And it is a place of hope. You just get there. You can read as much as you want on all these different subjects. You can take a few exams and quizzes and kind of figure out whether you've got an issue or not with that and then there are people to help you if you actually need some help so a place of hope.com is a great place to start if you've been listening and 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 sometimes i do this i'll listen and i'm sort of shy i'm thinking i don't even know if i want to say anything about that you know there are some people that it will be very difficult for and I, i want to acknowledge that today and i want also for you to be more proactive and have a plan let's change it this year It takes real courage to admit when something you've started has taken over your life. As you've listened today, maybe you were surprised to discover that lots of people are struggling just like you. The good news is, you can take charge today. You can choose to start taking steps to stop the overspending and regain the self-control you really desire. We would love to help you do just that. Along with Dr. Tim Clinton, I'm Dr. Greg Jentz. And here at Life, Love, and Family, we have all the resources you need to overcome the cycle of overspending. Call us right now, 855-455-3264. 855-455-3264. I want to thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. You can hear the program again or share it with somebody you love at lifeloveandfamily.net. God has designed you for a life of peace and freedom. 
Victory really is within your reach. Life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com. 